Do you want to be a camp speaker? Let it go. The transition from camping ministry to church ministry. Online seminary or in-person seminary? The monster of summer camp theme planning, live stage shows, and filmmaking, and the brainstorming behind it. The humility of admitting I might not be as good a teacher as I thought I was. Brainstorming a passage with a bubble map for sermon prep and preaching about the half-healing of a blind man in Mark 8. In this episode today, we have a conversation with Rich Baker, pastor of communities at Arbor Road Church in Long Beach. Hey everybody, welcome to the Teaching Pastor Podcast. This is Craig Hill, and I am sitting in the inner sanctum with Rich Baker Woo-hoo. here at, uh, this, this is Arbor Road Church. That's right. Right? Right on Arbor Road. Right on Arbor Road. In the great city of Long Beach That's now, right? right? This is Long Beach? This is Long <laughs> Beach. That's right, man. We're excited. This yeah. Is cool. Thanks for being here, man. Abs- oh, it's so good. And it's so good to uh, to see you, Rich, and to see you kind of thriving in a new environment, right? Yeah, because you different. have spent years up at Hume Lake Christian Camps. Yep. Yeah. What was your role up there? Yeah, so uh, for 14 years, I oversaw the high school ministry as the camp director. Um, so I oversaw the theme element uh, with uh, making our different themes, overseeing script, uh, video production, um, uh, you know, openers on top of that, just uh, recreation, having a great team of people that, of course, uh, worked with to be able to pull it all off but I mean it is a monster in fact before we turned on the microphone here and just talking <laughs> Craig and I are catching up of just how just intense uh you know the production is and I just love it that Hume has always uh I don't know strived to uh tell the gospel as clear as possible just in a fun creative way so keep praying for that ministry yeah That's and sure. Hume awesome. is Hume has got a great standard of Excellent. People have come to expect quite a bit, especially yeah. when it comes to theme, sun, Sunday night opener, yeah. things like that. And that can be a daunting, like that can be kind of the hounds of hell coming to get you. It is intense. <laughs> I mean, to the point of, I don't know if there's ever that, re, you know, that relief of night one, you know, after you, you spend an entire year planning this, uh, this theme with a bunch of amazing people and then, you know, you finally, it, 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 you know, week one of camp happens and you just breathe a sigh of relief and then camp two happens. And then finally <laughs> camp, you know, has just been an awesome success because God is gracious. And then you breathe for about a week and then you get into a room with a bunch of people from camp and you start the next process wow. again. And just that weight is constantly, you know, it's again, that pressure that, is just on you of wanting to, you know, tell this story, you know, in a, in a fun, creative way, but man, that is just, it is pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and camp has its own rhythms. I mean, kind of this yearly seasonal rhythm and now you're in church ministry and that's a different rhythm for sure. Um, And I want to get to that, but let's just talk a little bit about, um, just 
as a teacher, as someone who's teaching the Bible, um, and what kind of training have you uh, have you had? Obviously, the school of, of hard knocks yeah. is one school, but um, what other have you done a degree? Have you done yeah. work in uh, languages? Just give us a little background on that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, at Hume, when I, I graduated from Sacramento State University in 2003, and then uh, as soon as I graduated that next day, I moved up to Hume Lake to not leave again for 14 years. And, and that's uh, an and, and that's an hour and a half away from, from any anywhere, living, yeah. breathing human exactly. being. Exactly. Right. And you know, my senior year of college, I was thinking about all right, I think ministry is kind of where God is calling me. Um, I just felt that passion. Um, I was thinking seminary definitely is on the horizon. Where is that gonna be after I graduate? And then, you know, a dream job pops on the radar. And who am I to uh, you know, be asked to work at a place like Hume Lake. It was unbelievable and just so humbled. You know, I go up there knowing that I wanted to do seminary at some point, about five years in, I believe. I just really felt that desire to go for a lot of different reasons. Um, You know, I didn't go to a a Christian school. I didn't go to a Christian college. So I just didn't, a lot of my training was from good dudes that poured into me, good people that poured into my life. Um, and I just wanted to have a good foundation, you know, yeah. and so started looking online and, uh, so you're an hour and a half away from any place, right. up a hill and totally. not, you can't do that drive. Totally. So what were your options? Yeah. And you know, this is again, um, man, I don't, you know, f- 10 years ago, if not more, I forget exactly. I can't do the old math that quickly. Cause I can't remember exactly when I went to school, but it was a while ago. And this is right when, um, uh, you know, online school, it was, it was there, but it wasn't like huge. Like I believe, I think that it is now. Oh, that's huge so as now. I started looking at a lot of online opportunities, there just weren't a ton. And so it was really kind of, it was a hard conversation to start having with my wife to say, what do we want to do here? I'm just passionate about going to seminary, but do I leave a beautiful job in awesome ministry that I think God has called me to do to go to seminary to find a job that I'm doing. I just, it was a very hard thing. And I just didn't find a lot of, um, online schools that gave me that option to just stay where I was doing ministry that I was already doing. A lot of things were great to, you have to get off, you, you have to, um, you know, leave ministry for a month or whatever it is. Mm. And that's not bad. And I do wish that I had a job that would allow me to Mm. do that because I did miss interacting with Mm. people, you know? (laughs) Uh, And I just, I'm a question asker and I'm a very much uh, a verbal processor. And so I've learned that about me for sure. But, um, you know, it just, what would, I didn't, I didn't know Mm. So it was the thing to do, you know? Yeah. So how do you, in terms of, and you went to Liberty, right? So I ended up finding Liberty University, which was at that point, just one of the, just, they were, they were rocking it with online stuff. And as I looked at it, it just fit the schedule that I was at. Um, I liked the school. I liked the, it was just, um, it just seemed great. And it just gave me a good, like foundation on my theology of just, But it also gave me, I think, that ability to actually um, learn better study habits and how to actually, you know, look at the Bible and to um, examine and uh, observe what the word's saying and um, good context. It was just a good surface beginning Mm -hmm. 
this is a good... I, I mean, I'm just a fan. I think that everybody, all people should have some sort of foundation in that. Yeah. I just never did yeah. going to you know, public schooling all yeah. my life. Well, look, Rich, this podcast is like supposed to be crack cocaine yeah. for people who want to go to seminary. Like awesome. the first one's free, right? Yes. But it's, it should be, or the idea is this is a gateway drug yeah. um, and for training. So obviously there's a lot of online options out yeah. there today. So what was, what did you feel like you got really well in that yeah. context? And what were some things that you feel like you had to supplement yourself yeah in that kind of a thing? Uh, you know, the thing I got by doing it all online, I was able to do my job full time. Yeah. And again, my job did not allow me to be gone for weeks at a time. It just didn't. I might've been able to work it out because I had awesome bosses. I just, my job was hard and it was constantly always there. So I was able to do my job and then go home and try to be a good husband. And then when my wife went to bed is when I studied, you know? And that just became the routine for like, I don't know, I think I... Uh, did it for four years. Um, you know, I took the long route, uh, got a master's in biblical studies, um, just an MA, um, really thought long and hard about, do I go and get the MDiv? I had a great conversation with a lot of great dudes in my life. And, you know, they encouraged me how important it is to look at languages, yeah. but the job that I was doing now, um, you know, there's a lot of great software out there that helps you with the languages Absolutely. too. Um, you know, a part of me does wish that I had that, uh, but I also have some great Bible software that allows me to have that. Yeah, so what do you to. use? What do you use for Bible software? Yeah, so I got Logos Bible software. Uh, Rich Ferrer, a good buddy of mine who worked at the Joshua Institute up at Hume. Um, I was uh, on, uh, I was, I taught an Old Testament class up there, and so that allowed me actually to get a good um, discount on Logos because <laughs> Logos can get pricey, but it's yeah. just cool. It was a, it was a great um, I, I enjoy it. It's a lot though. It could lead you down a lot of rabbit holes yeah. of a lot of things, but get a good Bible software. I think it's good. But again, I think the, there's a big value though in knowing the yeah. languages too. So yeah. I just, my time, uh, what, what is, I mean, what's value? I, it's just, it's a hard one to answer. I think for anybody, you've got to decide what's more important. I do wish that I had more training with Greek and Hebrew. Sure. Yeah. You know, the one thing you got, you did have up at, up at Hume. And for those listening, Hume Lake Christian camps is a camp up in uh, the Sierra Nevada mountains outside of Fresno. Um, beautiful place, great youth ministry. And Rich was the high school camp director um, and has left a great legacy. But you had people cycling in, speakers, yeah. people that were constantly coming through yeah. um, the camp that you were able to kind of pick their brain, bend yeah. their ear. Um, did you take advantage of that? 100%. Great people, like you said, speakers, but a, a staff of incredible people. We lit, we worked in a place called the Ranch House, and we would always joke around about it. But those were some of the, I think most beautiful times for me is actually having good, healthy debates with good Christian people mm. in a safe environment mm. where you can actually throw out an idea and there's trust there mm -hmm. that, you know, we're all helping each other grow. I don't need somebody to just know all the answers. I want to debate that. And is I find myself, and I think that goes right into this podcast that we're talking about, I can learn something from somebody and try to regurgitate it or I can try to find that answer. And as I just, as I discover these different truths, then I hear somebody who actually knows more about it. I think it just comes, as I wrestle with it and I struggle with some of those questions, I think the end product is that much more sweeter. So for me, I did miss going online. I missed the interaction, the verbal processing with a professor or right. with um, classmates. So we did discussion boards, but writing isn't my strongest suit. Yeah. Um, 
but talking about it, I had a great group of people, again, not only people coming off the hill, but just when the, the camp that we worked at, such great people that yeah. were able to process, hey, what is our view on this? What is our view on this? And it, for sure, like any ministry in yeah. seminary, you're able to take what you're learning from school and apply it to your job. Yeah. And that is one thing. It, it, for, when I talk to people about doing an online degree, I... I encourage them, some of the best times in seminary are the times at the breaks in be- yeah. in class or the car ride to and from with the people that you're riding with. Yeah. And if you don't get that online, because you probably won't, you need an environment where you can get 100%. that. And so you had a great group of people who you could bounce ideas off, like that safe place. Like yeah. the classroom is a place where you can safely ask a really difficult question exactly right. that your church might not be the best place yeah. to ask that. And I think that the, what I like about school, and you know, I've, I always talk about that, man, maybe I should just go back to school. And then I think about the papers and the reading, it's overwhelming. <laughs> but what I do like is that I was always learning something new. Yeah. It was always pushing me to grow in my knowledge of whatever area or whatever that was. Mm. I like that. Not that I lost yeah. that when I graduated, yeah. but it's like, I like that pursuit of knowledge. and I want that to continue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. why I liked school. Yeah. All right. So now that you're not at Hume, okay, yeah. we, we'll talk about, I, I want to hear a little bit. You have an opportunity to teach the Bible in some unique spots. At yeah. least you, you did, you did there. And now you get a, you get kind of basically like you get kind of one or two cracks at the pulpit a year. Yeah. And I would imagine there's a lot of people out there that there may be an associate pastor or something like that. And they maybe get one to five shots at the pulpit a year, yeah. and so um, so let's talk a little bit about um, let's let's go back to the Hume days, where you spend a whole year to do basically one message. Yeah. So tell me about that process. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So on Sunday nights, uh, the students would roll in. Uh, we put on this opener, which would be a twenty-minute, uh, you know, crazy fun. Uh, production where, you know, you name it, we try to do it. You know, it's just so fun of just trying to use our imagination to retell the, the biblical story of something in some sort of way. Um, you go to Human League. I mean, I don't even know how to... I know it's like it. it's like Broadway meets the Bible. It's nuts. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so fun. And it's like, where else do you get that ability? Because in church ministry now, you just don't we don't do that because right. every week you, you don't have that ability to or time or resources to do that every week. We're Hume. You put all the time and energy into it because you're replicating that 10 times. Right. And it's a meeting a lot of students needs or, you know, a lot of students are coming. through. And you so, got a new batch, a new batch, a new of batch students exactly. Every week. And it's affecting. It's just fun. So for me is is we would brainstorm and pray through a passage of scripture and asking God as we talk with youth pastors and just praying ourselves where does God want us to go we would come up with a passage a bible passage that we think or a a biblical narrative and say okay we're going to do the story of David or we're going to do the story of Saul or of you know uh Paul, you know, I mean, you name it, Jesus. We did one year of Jesus, and that was terrifying of how do you portray Jesus on a movie screen, you know? Um, But once we do that, we really, the planning time was my favorite time at Hume. It was about two weeks of us as camp directors where we would literally exhaust, I think, ourselves, and like as we just dive into the Word and looking at, their life and what was happening. And I feel like we would just read our Bibles, right? Like it's not rocket science, but we would know, I feel like the ins and outs of these Mm -hmm. characters. 
And then that allows us to start writing script, partnering with great people who wrote the scripts for us, and then just kind of trying to help uh, shape where we think that that, that theme's going to go. And so come then on Sunday night, finally when students arrive, we do this fun uh, production to start this theme out. And then my whole kind of message just um, was about 20 minutes of unpacking the why are we doing this theme and what did the students just see as they walked into this crazy opener and just those little kind of nuggets of this is what we did in this. Do you remember this scene? Biblically, it's this. This is this. And I think, in fact, when I got the biblical truth of what we were trying to to convey, writing the openers actually were cake. When we decided one year to do, um, you know, we were talking about Jesus and uh, we decided what if our opener was uh, Jesus, you know, going through the wilderness and the temptations. Once we got that biblical truth, the opener was just how do we creatively tell that story? And so then to be able to just unpack um, that on a Sunday night is really you're just looking at a 20 minute analogy, basically, yeah. or, you know, um, story that you're just really retelling. So. so you basically get to create this awesome illustration. It's exactly right. That will like it's an illustration that overwhelms the message sometimes, but then you get to basically give the message and so they watch the they watch this opener for 20 minutes and then you come back through and you just strategically walk them back mm. through what they just saw yeah. to remind them of the theme that's coming but also this craziness that they just saw you're overwhelming them yeah. with did you see when you know we blew up that pirate ship you know that <laughs> symbolized this and you know you get people just kind of I mean, the whole point was trying to just get people to uncross their arms to say, what is this yeah. thing that we're talking about? Do you, do you have, I know this is hard, but is there one that stands out in your mind? Not necessarily about the, the thematic stuff, but yeah. like something in the, in the, in the text and scripture yeah. that like surprised you that you were like, oh, we got to We got to get that out there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many after 14 years, four, 14 openers each one of them is just so fun to yeah. think back on, you know, and you do it with a low budget, you know, it's crazy what you do. Um, you know, a couple that stand out to me that I love. In fact, I'm going to uh, put those uh, pictures up in my office. I hope at some point my wife doesn't really like that because she's like has an idea of what she wants this <laughs> office to look like. Oh, but yeah. I love these kind of three that stand out to me is the one that we did about Paul. And uh, at the end, we had Paul kind of. You know, he's blind. It was a lumberjack theme. Long yeah. story short. Love it. Acts. Just, Acts. Acts, exactly. A-X, and, but, yeah, it's exactly. but the book of Acts. It's great. It was, I love that one. And it was just like we pull him, like we, we, we hoisted him up into the air, and he has this beanie pulled over his eyes, and it went from, you know, him being blind on the road of Damascus. That was the story in the opener that we were telling. And it was just a cool moment. He says this line of, I can see, but I can't see, because physically... He couldn't see, but he finally, his eyes were open to who God was. And it was just this cool fireworks all around him as this beanie's pulled over his eyes and people are kind of lifting him up. It was just a cool moment of that moment that Paul was able to finally see, but he was physically blinded, you know, yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah. I like that one. Um, I like the pirate one where, you know, Jesus is blowing up this huge pirate ship as he jumps. And I just have this picture in my mind of Jesus jumping off of this pirate ship as it's blowing up and it's just basically showing that Jesus dominated temptation, that he just, he overcame it and it just gives me hope in that. 
And then, you know, the last year that I was a part of, we talked about Elijah's story Hmm. and uh, we did it with these big flying crows. It's a whole long story, but (laughs) you know, I have this picture at the very end. It was just this kind of eerie moment of, of Elijah uh, warning them of just be careful. If you Hmm. want none of God, like you, you choose um, Baal over God, then good luck with that, you know? And uh, with, um, you know, it's just, it's a fun visual Mm -hmm. of doing those. So I think that all three of those openers, I think just allowed those talks to be so easy when you're just passionate about the story, you know your story, you know biblically what's happening, and then you just have, get out fun with it. And you get the whole year, you get a whole year to prepare that. Exactly. And now here you are at Arbor Road and it's not new people every week. It's the same people for for years and you're walking. So it's a different, an entirely different rhythm. Yeah, it is. How has that affected kind of how you think about when you're standing up in front of people preaching the Bible, teaching the Bible? How has that shifted for you then? You know, I... I left Hume after 14 years. I've been watching, you know, I, I saw, I feel like some of the best of the best come through that place teaching, uh, every week. And, uh, you know, it was so hard as a 25 year old, as I started to have to help, you know, give feedback to speakers. Who am I to give feedback to people that have been doing this for so long? Sure. And, uh, you find out how to do that, I think. You're like, or, hey, Francis, Francis yeah, yeah. Chan. Like, maybe, maybe why don't, you know, why don't you change it up Chan. a little bit? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's just like, that was good. I think you could have, you know, like, how do you do that? It was so hard and so silly. But like, you know, I think that coming, I, I feel like that in that process, I started thinking, yeah, I could communicate. I'm passionate. And then about, I don't know, man, 10 years in, I think it really dawned on me it's not being humble. I just think it dawned on me. I'm not as good of a teacher as I thought that I was. Mm. It was very humbling because I do see how hard it is to teach and, uh, just trying to learn and prep. It is, it is craft and it is, um, it's, it's a cool gift that the Lord gives. There's no doubt about it. And I feel like that now as I'm down here, uh, off the hill is what we call it. Um, you know, as I'm, you know, down at Long Beach, um, you know, my job more here at Arbor Road is community, overseeing communities. So I oversee some of our Sunday classes that happen. I teach in our Sunday morning classes a lot more. And that's interesting, too, is trying to figure out what does that look like as I help lead discussion groups and, and teach a little bit, but also get people diving into the Word themselves and observing what the Lord's teaching them, you know, what through through the Word. Um, I've had an opportunity to get on the stage uh, on a Sunday morning to teach uh, a couple months ago. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. That was, I've taught in front of, I think a lot of different at, like, um, I've, I've taught in conferences and whatever it might be, but I've never taught on a Sunday morning before ever. And so you wow. talk about being terrified. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. Um, and so, yeah. So tell me about that. So what was like, tell me about the anxiety because it it, was look, anxiety. you are not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. It was, but... uh, you know, I think. Darren McWaters, I uh, worked with Darren up at Hume uh, for a while. And then when I moved down to uh, to Arbor Road, uh, Darren was here as well, helping out teaching with Brent Eldridge as our senior pastor, who, you know, both Darren and Brent are just, I think, some of the best of the best with, with teaching. Just such good guys that I get to, you know, sit under. Um, and so with talking to Darren, um, it's just, it is interesting of feeling that weight and burden and pressure and just reminding me that, 
I got to be very careful as I get on that stage. Who are you trying to impress? Mm. You know, and um, if you're doing this to get asked back on any kind mm. of avenue, whether it's you know camp teaching or you know uh, biola or whatever it might be to get asked back, if that's what mm. you're going, he's like that is the wrong thing. You get one opportunity to tell these people mm. what you think God has put on your heart. So let's take it. Let's take it one time, one 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 step at a time. Mm. And just what is God teaching you and share that. And so, I don't know, it was just, uh, it was overwhelming. I think that you got to let the pressure go of what are people going to think? Are people going to like it? Are people going to disagree with it? Um, You know? uh, Let me, so the the idea of like, am I going to get asked back? Yeah. I would imagine if there are pastors listening to this and they do special speaking engagements, that's, that there's always this sense of like, Am I on the cusp of yeah. being a, a speaker, good. a conference speaker, that's good, a camp speaker, yeah, and that, and you having been on both sides of that now, yeah. having been a camp director and spoken at camps, yeah, um, like that's a good word. Like you're there to shepherd these people to bring God's word, and sometimes you got to let that. You got to leave that up to God. Yeah. And I think that it's like, even now, I mean, I could say it, you know, when I was a camp director, but now, you know, being just, I truly am humbled to be asked to come and Hmm. teach at some different camps, uh, last summer and going into this summer as well. And it's overwhelming and it's humbling and knowing the responsibility, but again, being very careful of, am I doing this just to get asked back again? Hmm. Um, or I don't know, it's. It's, it very much is interesting. And, you know, I had the opportunity at Hume. It was, it was hard, man, to have some of those conversations with really good friends that didn't seem to connect as well with mm-hmm. students. And that's one of the hardest. How do you tell a buddy of yours mm-hmm. that, you've, that is in, like vested into your life that, um, you know, we're probably going to go another direction next year? Mm-hmm. Um, because the problem is, is how do you not take it personally? You know, right. being told that. I think that's the hardest thing is it doesn't mean at all that that you're not a great communicator and that you're not a great Bible teacher. It's just every camp is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And one camp, you might absolutely crush it at because you get to, you you know how that camp is functioning and you are right there with that kind of ministry and that's what they're looking for. In other camps... It just might be looking for something different. And so I think the big thing is like, how do we not take it personally? Mm -hmm. Because I would ask the same question. Did you do anything to even get asked to be there? So Mm -hmm. if it's God moving in that and orchestrating, this is something I'm being convicted on constantly too. If God's ultimately moving in, in that camp and in your heart and it's God doing his thing, it just, it's get out of the way and watch it happen. But again, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a knock on your yeah. um, your pride a little, but I don't know, man. I'm just trying to think too. Like it's not about me, and I've had to have all those hard conversations, you know, as a camp director. Yeah. So just taking it a, a year at a time and not assuming that I'm going to be asked back, yeah. right? So it's yeah. like and not taking it personally if you don't. And this is one of those things too, because even the idea of like one crack at the pulpit a year, kind of a thing. And there's probably a lot of people out there in this boat where it's like, look, if I'm going to get better at preaching, yeah, I need reps to do yes, that. Right. And so there, there's always that, you know, there's that, I suppose. Um, so, but tell me about, tell me just about your prep. Like how, how was it like 
the the Hume experience? How was it different? Like you had a little bit of time. How long out did you know you were going to have that Sunday to preach? Uh, I am awful at prep. <laughs> I I can't wait to go back and listen to your podcast and and hear what other people say. Like hmm. that's been that's I think one of the biggest things for me is I have a lot of great people in my life and I I don't mind asking. I'm not above that. I'm still so new now at this teaching thing that I, I know a lot of great teachers and everybody, which I'm sure now you're starting to see, everyone's got their own niche and their yeah. own way to do it. Their own secret sauce. I don't That's know how say. to do it. Yeah. And sometimes it takes people 20 minutes to put a message together. And no, some, for me, it took me weeks. Yeah. And I just don't have anything dialed. Um, it's it's hard and it's a burden. And, you know, again, I'll talk about Darren a lot. I just I've lived a lot of life with that guy. But, you know... Um, it's just, uh, uh, you know, he, he still, I, I think, it's just mm-hmm. every day he gets up to teach. He would always say it at Hume and then as a speaker at Hume and even now knowing him, he gets terrified walking on the stage yeah. to teach. And yeah. it's not because he's afraid of what he's going to say. It's he feels just overwhelmed with the responsibility of teaching God's word. Yeah. I love that, yeah. you know? And so I never want to rush that, but man, I don't know. So my prep is awful. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that. I'm not the guy for it. I'm All right. learning. So let's, let's just start with this. So you were, you were preaching on like Mark chapter eight. We were just yeah. talking about this passage. Yeah. Fascinating passage. It's awesome. Yeah. The, the passage where, um, Jesus kind of half heals the guy of yeah. blindness. Yeah. And then, uh, and then right after that, he takes his disciples up to Caesarea Philippi. Yeah. And ask who who do people say I am? Yeah. Okay. So so when you're looking at that passage, yeah. What are you like? Multiple translations? Are you reading one translation? Okay. Do you have your Logos Bible software out? Yeah. Like what does that look like? Yeah. So I did have time to know. I think I was uh, two months out or something that I was told I was got that message. You know, and again, I'm still new at all of this. So what do I do? I look at that passage and I just smile from ear to ear, thinking I get that passage. Awesome. I'm going to look at it because I've taught, I feel like I've taught, who do you say that I am? Caesarea Philippi, I've gone to Israel. I've stood at Caesarea Philippi. I I feel like I could paint that picture Mm -hmm. and get people excited about answering that question. Mm -hmm. So I was excited. And I think that's probably, honestly, I think it's a a crutch that I probably go back to Mm -hmm. is in my mind. Uh, Looking at something and saying, ooh, I've taught that before. How can I add Mm -hmm. those little cheats in there to make prep a little easier and that's not bad yeah Um, but then you started to look at the passage but then i actually (laughs) did a thing called reading my bible and then i started looking at this why does he heal this man and then go to Caesarea philippi and then ask who do you say i am and why is it only in this passage what what is happening here and just like any time right the more time you spend with his word and you start to observe and you start to just ask questions. I think that's for me, at least in this passage specifically. I just don't think I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm okay with asking questions. I don't have all the answers and I'm not afraid to ask. And yeah. so I'm just literally in my notes. Why? What? This doesn't make sense. Why does he heal him twice? Did Jesus really... Could he not heal him the first time? And and I'm, I have a and ton did, of did whys. He, did he just spit in that guy's did eye face? Did he straight up spit in his face? Like, And then that's hard too because then I've got a bunch of notes of like the whys and digging 
just almost too much mm-hmm. into certain things that can I you have really to also, dig too much? Come well, on. I think I, I think mean that you're talking. I mean, for me, I'm like I think the problem is is like <laughs> I want to dig, but then when yeah. I start to put together, when you only got you know 30 minutes, and it depends on what how long people totally. want to teach. For me, I'm a 30 minute guy. Um, but that's not saying you can't talk for an hour. Feel free to talk for an hour. I just feel like, um, you know, I get bored listening to sure. myself sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, what is what is, what am I trying yeah. to get at? And I think that I can go down so many rabbit trails, and I feel like I can read a crowd well enough to know if I'm losing them or not. Yeah. And for me, especially week to week, if I if like how much can I truly remember that's going to impact my life for that week? I'm learning that in our Sunday class, you know, like I want them to be able to walk out with something, chew on it and really apply that the rest of the week. So for me, I don't, the spit in the eye. Yeah. It's a great, that's a great question. Like, why did he do that? Why did he pull him away? Like, what was it about it? And so I just, I have all of these questions and then I have to take a step back and ask what is really (laughs) happening here because Jesus is doing a lot of different things. And that will, that's what I think is fun mm. about as you read the text more and more and more and let it just soak in. You start to ask questions. And I think that the, just the spirit starts to answer some of those things. Yeah. I just do is it starts to make it all tie in. And so, again, long story short, for me, when I first got that passage, I was excited to actually spend more of the talk mm. talking about Caesarea Philippi. Who do you say that I am? Uh, and then I actually ended up spending more time on the blind man and why Jesus mm. healed that blind man in that kind of way with his, you know, huh. with in a remote, you know, place, not in the crowd, which was not different. Not in the village. And then right? he tells him not to go back in the village. Yeah, right. And but it's <laughs> but it's still like why would Jesus when you look at most of those healings, mm. especially with the blind, you know, when he heals blind people, you know, he just he does it in a unique way. Mm. Oh, there's so much that's just fun when you start to do it. Now, to answer your question, I don't open up lots of different translations. I, I do ESV. Um, I think that I've just kind of been ingrained in my mind. Go ESV, you know. And as I look at it, I do like, um, I think that it's just, it's a clear translation. Sure. You know, I like it. So I, I just, I kind of go down that road. And again, to your point, there's so many things that can already distract me and so many yeah. rabbit holes I could go down. And my prep is already a month long. Yeah. Like, how do I right. shorten that? And so I'm just, the more I do it, just like any thing, any, the more you do it, the easier it's going to be, I believe. Yeah. So the more. So how gonna, did you stand? You then, So you had all this information. Yeah. And you've got to figure out, you've got this passage with kind of two very distinct parts to yeah. it. So how do you get How do you get to the point where this goes out, this stays oh, in? Man. I mean, what was that like? So I don't know. I'm just against <laughs> learning this, you know. Um, Megan, uh, uh, Megan Fate Marshman, I don't know. People know her. I know she had a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about, she she puts things up on a whiteboard, I think, just an overarching picture where she's going. I like that a lot. I don't have a whiteboard in my office. I uh, probably could get one, but I do have If your a wife lot. allows it. Yes, if my <laughs> wife would allow it. But I do have a lot of um, uh, paper. And so what I ended up doing is, you could see, but nobody else yeah. can, I ended up just uh, taping pieces of paper together, mm-hmm. and I just put down in circles just these all these things like spit in the eye why that why does he pull him away and i just started being able to take a step back literally from this board to see all of these different things and then trying to 
uh, do a little map of, okay, that could connect here, and this is a bigger point, this is a bigger point, and then I do that again on another piece of paper, and then another piece of paper until I get down to maybe three or four main points, mm-hmm. and then take a step back and read the text again. Yeah. And, you know, I think... Where did you learn that process from? Like, uh, where... I have no idea. I think that I've just, I've asked different people of yeah. what they see. And people always say, well, I just read the text. I read the text. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but what do you read? How do you do it? You um, and so I just, again, I'm maybe a little slower than a lot of other people when it comes to putting those connections mm-hmm. together. But I do think that that helped me from Hume because as we start to put together a theme, yeah. I feel like I really want to know the ins and outs of the characters. And so if I can answer some of those weird things in my mind of why spitting in the eye, well, spitting the eye is interesting, but why pull them out? Well, also all of that kind of clumps together. Then I don't have to spend a ton of time on just the spitting in the eye. I can say as a group, this is different and this is weird and let's answer the why there, you know? So why is it weird? Why do you think it was weird in that passage? I think that it, you're saying, what, like, what did I, t- what well, did why, I come? Why these kind of counterintuitive things, like don't go back in the village, why a halfway healing and then a full way healing? So as I looked at it, I just think that it was interesting on that that passage come, the, the healing of the blind man uh, in twofold, a, a two-step, a, a half healing, and then a full healing. So basically it goes from this man is... You know, he, he's, he's blind. Jesus pulls him out. And again, there's a lot of different things that I really docked on. But for me, it was one, why did this man get healed? Because everywhere else in scripture, it almost always says, especially with Jesus healing people, it always says your faith has healed you or your friend's faith, faith has healed you. And it never says that in Mark. It just says he pulls him out of the crowd. But why? So is it his faith? I don't, we don't know. Who's with him when he goes out of the crowd? Because most of the time when he's healing people, he'll do it, especially with uh, blind, you know, healing of the blind people. It's always within a crowd. So this is just interesting. Um, and it's been a little while since I've done it. But, um, you know, there was just some of those questions that I had to ask why. Um, why does it take him two times to heal? Is this blindness so hard for Jesus to heal him one time? And I asked those questions yeah. and I have to really question like, wait a minute, Jesus healed Lazarus. One time he said, come out. And that was a dead dude. So it's like, is is it harder to heal a blind person? So he has to do it twice. So it just, all of this has started just making me think through. And my wife would always say this about the book of Mark, which is just cool that she was in, you know, we were talking about it. And um, she's just like, I just love how strategic Jesus is in the book of Mark. And I was like, that's it. I think that Jesus heals this man because Jesus is strategic. And then they're going to, He's going to heal this man partially, and he's going to ask, hey, do you, um, do you, what do you see? And he's like, well, things are f- fuzzy, right? I see trees walking around. Like, it's a blurry view. And he's like, all right, try this again. Hmm. Now what do you see? It's perfectly clear. And then he walks with his disciples, and he asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're it. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. And then Jesus says, good, this is what's going to happen to me. And Peter says, well, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Why? It's because I think that the disciples have a blurry view of Mm. Jesus, just like the blind man Mm. did. And at some point, it will be very clear who Jesus is. But in that moment, Mm. it's blurry. And even before that, because they say, well, some people say John the Baptist. Some people say Elijah. It's kind of like, yeah, it's blurry, right? It's blurry. We know. So who is this? And then he's going to take the next few chapters to continually tell the, the disciples you do, I, mm. you, you're seeing, 
yes, I am who you say that I am, yeah. but this is what the Son of Man is going to come to yeah. do. And he's going to say it three different times, and they're going to say, I don't get it. And they aren't waiting for him huh. when he rises out of the dead, you know? So then, so bring that to the horizon of the congregation. So yeah. how did you how did you kind of bring that home? Like, what was the, what was the takeaway? What was the... You know, as I looked at that, and it's not rocket science, I just kind of look at is is that was finally that aha moment. Um, and that's something that me and Megan were actually talking through is she asked me as I was prepping. Um, she was asking me, she works here at Arbor Road as well um, with our young adults. Um, she was like, hey, I can't wait to hear hmm. when God makes it clear exactly what you, he wants you to say. Hmm. And it was just, I, I did a quick little text to her when I finally, when it popped into my mind of that idea of a blurred view of Jesus. Because again, it's not rocket science, but I believe disciples had a blurred vision of Jesus, but we don't. And so that was just that little moment for me of they didn't know exactly who he was or what he was going to do, but we do. And so does that change the way that we live our life in light of who Jesus is? All that he said and did, um, we don't know how the, you know, we we don't know all the ins and outs, but we know... We know who he is yeah. and what he said, yeah. and that should change the way that we live. And yeah. so uh, just that, that I think that little aha moment for me of the disciples didn't get it, and then they finally got it. Mm. And uh, and it was clear. In fact, what did I say in my end here? I think I, um, um, when it comes to the fundamentals of who Jesus is and what he came to do, it's not blurry. It couldn't be more clear, mm. you know? And mm. it's just like, so what do we do with that now? Yeah. So quit. Quit mudding up the waters of mm. who Jesus is. The fundamentals, right? The fundamentals yeah. of who he is and what he did. Let's not blurry that up. And we yeah. have a job to do. Go yeah. tell people about him. Well, yeah. And then as people come, it, it is interesting how you get um, people's awareness of Jesus comes, maybe not instantaneously. No it comes over time and yeah. kind of like the blind man. And, yeah, and again though, like that's where I like just when we talk fundamentals. Because does that mean that we're not gonna that, that everything is clear? No, it's not clear. But again, when it comes to fundamentals, it is yeah. like who he is. That's not changing. Um, what he came to do, it was blurry for the disciples, yeah. but that's not blurry for us. Yeah. Um, it might. Does that mean I'm not going to continue to understand different aspects of God? Absolutely, I will. Yeah. I'm going to grow in my sanctification for the Lord. Like I'm just going to grow. Um, but it doesn't mean that who Jesus is and what he came to do, it's not blurry to me. So yeah. why am I blurring that up? Why awesome. do I complicate that sometimes? Yeah. Oh, well, it's been so good. It's been great to catch up. Yeah, Rich. It's been great to see you thriving here at our road and uh, even to help the Hume folks come down and, and brainstorm with them about uh, this next year Yeah. and uh, the super secret process. Yes, of, uh, what this but, next uh, year is going to be for. But it is, I mean, it is, and I think just so helpful um, to hear about your your process and what you're learning. And uh, it's just awesome. So, so thanks for being part of the podcast. I appreciate that. I mean, again, what's, I am still asking all of these questions that you're, I mean, I'm just in the process. I've heard a lot of great speakers mm-hmm. and in my mind, I'm like, I should be able to do that. So why can't I, you know? And it's just because <laughs> I don't do it enough. And sure. In the more opportunities to, to be able to speak or teach or whatever that is, if something opens up at the rescue mission, go down and teach it, you know, like yeah. if whatever might come, let's not wait for just those main stage opportunities. Yeah. Let's teach. Let's continue to hone in that skill and gift. But keep in mind that, I mean, the Lord does give us those gifts. And so, I don't know, man, I'm excited uh, to go back and listen to uh <laughs> 
<laughs> wise people that you've you've talked to to see everyone's got a different way to do it and what's that niche for us you know totally um and not be overwhelmed and not try to be you know uh darren mcwaters or brent eldridge i'm me and god has gifted right. me in my in in my ways of teaching so how is that how am i going to use those and i get excited to see um that and just make sure that i'm faithful yeah that, you know? well eventually it'll be great to circle back around and and hear how oh, that I process gave it is all going up one time and uh, I'm, like, I'm done <laughs> i can't do it it's not a gift he no, broke down on the he stage broke, he, he just broke down crying. the <laughs> Uh, it's too much for him. I mean, uh, I would just hope next time we talk that I get my prep down from a month to, <laughs> you know, three weeks at least. That would be a goal. That'd be good. That'd be good. Oh, so good to see you, Rich. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate appreciate this time. Cool. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rich Baker. Rich is obviously one of the most authentic and transparent people you're ever going to meet. And I think it comes through in this conversation. Uh, if you'd like to listen to one of Rich's messages, you can go to arborroad.com. There's a couple of other links in the show notes that you can take a look at. Logos Bible Software, Liberty University, and some others if you want to take a look. Hey, if there's um, if there's something that you'd like to do for the Teaching Pastor podcast, you can go to iTunes. You can subscribe to our podcast. Better yet, leave a review. Click one of those stars and write something up. We would love some reviews. It gets the profile up and um, more listeners. So having a great time doing this. Thank you so much for listening. Share the podcast with somebody, Uh, somebody out there. Look, this is like the gateway drug to learning. Hopefully this is, hopefully this is something that is not only a little bit entertaining, but something that inspires you to think about doing some work to get better at your craft. So, um, Go online, check it out, uh, share it. That would be great. Appreciate you, and we will see you on the next episode.